It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Now, let's join your host, Cleon Wall. BYU loses to Notre Dame 28-20. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live, presented by Big O Tires. Go to BigOTires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Well, my keys to the second half, it, it actually turned out fairly what I was thinking what was going to happen or what I was hoping would happen so that BYU would get back in the game. I said that BYU needed needed to make Jaron Hall comfortable. He looked very flappable, as I would say, in the first half. Started with three straight runs to start the second half, then a five-yard pass, and then that 53-yard TD pass to Cody Epps down the middle of the field. It was huge. It made him feel way comfortable. And then Chris Brooks made some strong ones. One was on a pitch. That made Hall comfortable so that he could still be able to go out and throw uh, down the field. Both times, at Brooks just took a took took off down the field. That made it twenty five to twenty. The key was is that he was still comfortable, even when pressure was coming on him. Even on that Puka Nakua drop pass, Hall still looked like he was doing pretty good. A couple of quick runs, then a twenty seven yard pass to Cody Epps, looking really good. Unfortunately, BYU stuffed on fourth and one. Uh, my second key was make Drew Pine uncomfortable. Didn't really happen on the first drive of the second half. That led to a TD. Second drive, they put pressure on third down, and he threw an incomplete pass. Then he looked too comfortable on the next drive, and then you get a Max Tooley interception. Really, he didn't really make a lot of huge plays after that. It was really the Notre Dame running game that sealed it for them in this 28-20 victory. And then my third key was do whatever you can to stop Michael Mayer. Well, I thought that the best way to do that was to make Drew Pine uncomfortable. It didn't happen on that first drive like we talked about, but then they really held Mayer in check after that. So BYU did everything they could to get back in the game. What really happened was it came down to two plays that made a huge difference. Anyway, time of possession was really not in BYU's favor, and Riley Nelson talked a lot about that. The Cougars' offense just didn't do enough in the first half to help out their defense, which is why BYU's defense started to run down in that second half. The defense, really, other than that, I should say, other than some some bad tackling in the second half and some good Notre Dame rushing, you know, they actually played well in this game. They had some key plays to keep BYU in this contest. It was it really did come down to the offense. Bad first half, good second half, and two different key plays that we said that killed him. Pukunakua drops a pass that he should have caught. And then uh, also, you know, I'm not trying to be sour grapes here. It should have been a pass interference. And then fourth and short, didn't pick up the first down. All right, we're going to take a break here on Cougar Post Game Live. When we come back, we'll uh, talk to you about some scores from across the nation. You are listening to uh, Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Cleon Wall. Cougar Post Game Live presented by Big O Tires. Welcome back to our BYU Radio Studios. Notre Dame beats BYU. 28 to 20. I'm blaming it on the black jerseys. They, you know, they hadn't played in them in a long time. The first time they played in them, they lost to Oregon State. First time in a long time, yeah, they 
lose again. Anyway, it's not really the black jerseys. I'm just joking with you. All right, college football going on right now across the nation. Some of the games going on right now. Fifth-ranked Clemson beating Boston College 24-3. Six minutes left in that game. Sixth-ranked USC beating Washington State 27-14. 9-0-9 left in that game. Alabama, number one-ranked team in the nation, beating Texas A&M. 24 to 17, 12 10 left in that game. Looks like Texas A&M has the ball. Florida State playing at 14th ranked NC State right now the Seminoles beating the Wolfpack 17-13. Oregon, 12th ranked team in the nation beating up on Arizona 28-13 in the uh it's actually at halftime and they are playing in Tucson, Arizona. 11th ranked Utah goes into the Rose Bowl and loses at 18th ranked UCLA 42-32. to 17th ranked TCU beats 19th ranked Kansas 38-31. Other Big 12 scores. 7th ranked Oklahoma State holds on to beat I uh, excuse me, 7th ranked Oklahoma State holds on to beat Texas Tech 41 to 31. Uh, an upcoming member of the Big 12, 24th ranked Cincinnati, beats South Florida 28 to 24. And BYU's opponent next week, Arkansas, they uh, lose today at 23rd ranked Mississippi State, 40 to 17. Uh, Air Force plays in Logan tonight, and the Utah State Aggies come out with a victory, 34 to 27. Cooper Lagat, 215 yards passing, and two touchdowns. The BYU women's volleyball team, well, they don't have a problem today. They go in and they score a they they win in three straight sets at the Smith Field House over the University of San Francisco. And BYU women's soccer right now, the first half is in the books and BYU leads Pacific right now. One to nothing. If you want to go on over to BYU Radio, you can catch second half action. Jason Shepard with the second half action. All right, uh, again, Notre Dame beats BYU 28-20. to We'll have more of Cougar Post Game Live coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Cleon Wall for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into Cougar Post Game Live, presented by Big O Tires. My name is Cleon Wall. Notre Dame beats BYU 28-20 in this game. A few other uh, scores from around the nation. I should probably tell you that number 2-ranked Georgia beats Auburn 42-10. 3rd-ranked Ohio State, they beat up on Michigan State 49-20. And then 4th-ranked Michigan beats Indiana today 31-10, 9th-ranked Tennessee over 25th-ranked LSU in Baton Rouge, 40-13. Wow, Vols looking really good this season. They're 5-0 and so far on the season. And then 9th-ranked Ole Miss also looking very good. They, are, they beat Vanderbilt today, 52-28. Well, doesn't get any easier next week. I know Arkansas lost for their third straight game in this one, but they didn't have starting quarterback K.J. Jefferson in that game. So I bet that he plays this next week. I don't think that Arkansas is going to hold him out for two weeks. He hit his head in the Alabama game, and he had a headache uh, earlier in the week. Didn't practice, I believe, on Wednesday. They kind of left it a game-time decision, but I think um, I think Arkansas's coaching staff thought very early on that they weren't going to keep him. So I think that he's going to play next week, and he is a handful. He can pass. He can run. 
Arkansas is dangerous, even though they've lost three straight games. But I, I guess I'm still hopeful for that BYU rushing attack. Here, here's what I mean. If you look at the stats, uh, Chris Brooks had 14 rushes for 90 yards and a touchdown, including that, uh, inclu- and that touchdown came on a really, really nice run. He was averaging 6.4 yards per rush. Lapini Katoa, eight rushes, 45 yards. That's 5.6 yards average. Jaron Hall actually had five for 11. I, I was kind of hoping that I would see him run a little bit more in this game. But overall, BYU actually had 160 yards rushing. I, I talked about how BYU needed to be able to do things to make sure that Jaron Hall felt comfortable. They really need to get that running rushing attack back in full force, especially in the first half, because they've been able to do it in the second half. In fact, in the past three games, they've been able to play very well in the second half running the ball. So if they're able to make you know get that rushing attack going in the first half, like they're doing right now in the second half, I think BYU is going to be okay. And it's really going to be on the offense. I, I hate to say this, but it really needs to be on the offense to get off to a good start in their next game. We've said that BYU has kind of started off slow, at least when it comes to the defense. You could say the offense, too. But BYU started off slow in some of these games on the defense. This time, I I actually think they played really well. I know you could sit there and say, well, they gave up 28 points in this game. But, you know, I think they just played really well. All right, we're going to head back down to Vegas. Kalani Satake is getting ready to address the media. In all our phases, and so the three phases, I think in special teams, Mr. PAT got laid out there for a penalty. Um, uh, other than that, I think um, penalty-wise, the discipline was a lot better from our team. <clears throat> so not a lot of mental mistakes in terms of penalty, but uh, still not mistake-free football. So um, and just couldn't get things going. Felt like the defense was on the field quite a bit. <coughs> Uh, too much, and so got to get some things going, and got to score more points, and defensively got to get get stops, and you know they, they had too much efficiency in their passing game, and the run game still uh, hurt us. So we got to get better, and then <clears throat> looking forward to getting to the next game. We got to get this. I'm proud of the way the guys played, but but we we have to get better and, and get ready for the next one. So. Take and I mean, credit to Notre Dame. They played a great game. It was such a cool experience tonight. Uh, uh, the energy in the stadium was awesome from both sides. There's just a lot of noise, and the environment was 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 special. You know, so it was a lot of fun. We happened to be on the wrong side of it, but <laughs> uh, I wish uh, Marcus Freeman and the rest of the Notre Dame team. Best of luck the rest of the way. Really good team. And the way they played the game, they had a great game plan, executed really well. Uh, tight end's a great player. Um, and I thought they they did some things defensively against our offense that, that uh, you know, worked in their favor, meaning that they got them off, off the field. And time of possession is a, is a, is a, is a, I mean, it's a huge problem for us in that. And our defense can't. Uh, it's tough holding them on twenty eight points and 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 with that meant much time of possession and only scoring twenty is not going to do it for us so uh gotta fix it get better have a great attitude about it and uh just thankful to all the fans that came i, I appreciate all all the uh b y u fans that made the trip and and brought a lot of energy um you know apologize it didn't go the way we wanted it to but uh hope they know how much we, we appreciate and love them so 
take any questions you guys may have. Yeah, to get the first down, you know, and, and that's, uh, I mean, I, I think uh, the coaches have to critique themselves and see what the best, you know, what what's the best play for us. We even took a timeout so we can have time to think about it and uh, disheartening that we weren't able to get that. Credit to Notre Dame, they made the play. But um, that was frustrating just to, just to not get that play done, not get the first down. I felt we were getting some momentum. And then defensively on the other side of that, just couldn't. They, I mean, they finished the game the way you want to convert first downs, make big plays. You know, we had missed tackles and um, just feel like the, the, at the end, defense just ran out of gas. And so, um, without scheme wise, we brought a lot of pressure. Just uh, credit to them. They made, they broke some tackles and made some really big runs. When, when, when you're bringing a lot of pressure, all you have to do is pop one tackle and, and the rest is a, is, a, is a foot race. And so, so. Um, yeah, that, that's disappointing, especially after they got a holding call. We were kind of set to get the ball back in the second and long, and um, you know that that was that was disappointing. Yeah, I'm sure the coaches have rethink everything because whatever we can do to get the first down, that's that's, that's what it is. I think, I don't think there's a, a an option not to think about. <laughs> You know, when when it doesn't go the way you want, uh, fix it. And sometimes that's uh, that means different options and different players. And sometimes it's different scheme or different call. But um, we can't be too stubborn and not think that uh, we have to learn from this and get better. That's I, I challenge the, the the players to learn from this. And we're going to go through some adversity, obviously, because we're not playing the ball that uh, the type of football that we want. Um, so. Uh, we've got to figure this out and, and, and play at our best. And all three phases, just clicking and working well together and playing complementary football. If we can do that, then, then I really like our chances. Uh, we get to go home and, and play in front of our crowd. And, and uh, you know, we have to deal with it with the uh, uh, 1.30 kickoff. And so we'll, we'll get after it and, and change our schedule up and, and be ready and change some th- other things up to make sure that we can play at our best in, at, at our, in front of our home crowd. I don't know. I have, to re- I have to look at it all because I, I don't know how. I mean, looking at we couldn't didn't get Puka a ball, you know, so that's frustrating. And so, um, yeah, I, I think uh, when you only have forty, what, how many plays do we have total? Forty-six. <laughs> that's that's not going to do it. And so. Part of that is defense get off the field and offense get first downs and keep drives going um, and, and just get more efficient football from our team. As I think what Notre Dame did was, was right. Own the clock, you know, be balanced, run the ball, throw the ball, and um, that's, that's what we should be doing. <clears throat> Kalani, uh, Jaren took a hard hit last week. How mm-hmm. much did that impact his ability to play at his best today? Yeah, I don't think he was 100%. So, um, you know, we have to look at all the def- decisions that we're making and, and um, make sure our guys are in the right spot. I, I think that, um, you know, he, he definitely was banged up. So, yeah, we, we have to go back and, and figure out what our game plan was and, and, and see what we can do. I thought he made some really good throws, in, especially in the second half. And, um, you know, the, 
we'll see how he feels after this. But uh, we're open to whatever is going to whatever is going to get our team in a better position to to be successful and get a win. Coach, you mentioned time possession. Um, how do you feel like the defense played in the second half? You know, they let a touchdown happen and then I thought the defense played strong and played hard. Uh, the, the effort's never been a problem for me with the defense. It, it's it's the fundamentals. I thought we missed some tackles still. I thought there were some mistakes still made. Um, I, I thought, the, you know, it's pretty evident that they're trying to get the ball to 87. They're trying to get the ball to Mayer. And, and look at it, he had 15 targets. And so, um, you know, the we couldn't make a play on that. We couldn't get to the quarterback enough. I don't even think we got any sacks, but um, you know that that's that's not our style of football. We and, and even in the run game, we didn't we didn't do enough to stuff the run. So uh, I, I can't sit there and say the defense played well. I thought I thought they I thought they played tough at certain points, and I thought they gave us a chance. Um, getting you know getting a fourth down stop in the in, in the goal line area, and then we turn around and get a safety. So. Um, I think, and I think that can be disheartening for a defense, but they they keep fighting back, you know. So I give them a lot of credit for fighting back, and I give a lot of credit for the uh, players and team fighting back in the second half and giving giving us a chance. And um, you know, they they stuffed us on the fourth down, and and we we would have to score a touchdown and get a two point conversion, and and then we're in business. But if we felt good when we we're I think it was twenty five twenty. We felt good where we we're at and had the ball and uh, just couldn't. Couldn't generate uh, enough momentum to get in the end zone and put more pressure on Notre Dame, but um, give them credit for making plays, and I give our guys credit for fighting back and, and keep believing in what we can do. But we just dug ourselves too big of a hole and didn't play consistent football, cons- consistently what well, like good football throughout 60 minutes, and that, that's my job. I got I got to get these guys to play better. Yeah. Yeah, that's all coaching. That's 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 all coaching, and that's that's me and our coaching staff. So, the fact that we didn't have it organized and, and we had problems, we had ten on a PAT. It's game six, you know, and we're we're struggling to put ten to put eleven guys out there on, on the game, and uh, a couple times we had ten. And so, uh, we've got to figure it out, and that's that's all on coaching. Kalani, what do you take from this game? What needs to happen to, to fix things for, for Arkansas? You got another good team. Yeah, great team and, and, and tons of talent. Um, I, I said the things that we need to fix is, 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 is are, it's doable, but um, we've got to find a way to get guys to do it. And if it means different players, great. If it means different scheme, great. But um, I think the, the sense of urgency needs to take place, and that's my job. i got to put more pressure on our guys to get it done. These, these stupid mistakes cannot happen. Especially the mistakes that are happening with our with our with with personnel and things like that, we're we're mid season. We should be in better form as far as organized football and making sure that we're getting the calls in. Uh, we've had to take some timeouts because we were not getting the call in right or didn't have enough people on the field or didn't have the right people on the field. And that's that's my job. Last question, uh, Kalani, uh, with, with the personnel, how, how just you know, disappointing is that to having an experienced team and having these these issues? Or what's what's going to cause the, the changes going forward? Yeah, it's it's they're fixable. So I, what's going to happen is I have to take the ownership of it and make sure that's done. So. Uh, it's, in my eyes, it's pretty simple, so we'll get that done. I thought uh, we, could, we could play better disciplined football from the last couple of weeks with all the penalties that we've had. Uh, we, we made that a, you know, a, 
we'll focus on our team, played a lot cleaner, you know. Um, in fact, the, the penalty that we had was one that was a stupid mistake by the, not having the right personnel on the field. So, But it's even the sense of taking timeouts to get the right call in or get the right field of personnel in. That's, that's stuff that's, uh, that's on me and the coaches. We'll, we'll get that right. I, I, I am really uh, excited, and you asked about what we built from here. The players buy in. They, they play hard. They give us all the effort. So as long as we can get them in the right place and get the right guys on the right field and get the right call, we should be fine. And that's what we're looking forward to. The unfortunate part is that we lost a game that I think we could have, if we played better and had um, more efficient, um, if we had more efficient complementary football in all three phases, we'd have a much better chance where we're sitting right now. So we're frustrated about the loss, but we, we've, we're, I'm, I'm feeling good about the players, the belief, the, the love that they have for each other. We'll keep building on that. We'll get through this, and, we'll, and, and uh, I'm, I'm anxious to get to the next game. But uh, just thankful that that, um, that I have a great group of young men to coach, and fantastic fans that, that support us. And so I want to make them all happy, players and fans. And that's my job as a coach is to get our guys ready. So thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Travel safe. That's Kalani Satake, head coach of the 4-2 and two BYU Cougars. That's going to do it for me. Your final score, Notre Dame 28 and 16th ranked BYU 20. Greg Rebell and Riley Nelson are back for more Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel. All right, so before we head down to the Cougar locker room area, let's uh, pause 10 seconds for station ID on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right, so Cody Epps and Max Tooley are at the press conference podium here in Las Vegas. Notre Dame 28, BYU 20, our final down to the room. I'm smiling right now because... Uh, those things are cool. It's kind of weird when you score and you, your your team doesn't win. But um, it was it was kind of cool, man. Play against Notre Dame. I've been playing NCAA 14 for a long time, so I've been seeing the fight, Fighting Irish. And then I have a bunch of friends that went to USC that I look up to that got a chance to score against them. So when I got to do it, it felt pretty good. By the look of it, I don't think he was limited that much. That he was, he was throwing the ball pretty well. I couldn't really tell the difference of him being limited and unlimited. Max, I don't know if you heard Kalani, but he got a little fired up when he's talking about some of the personnel issues, getting the calls in late. As a player, how hard is that to get in rhythm when you know you got player personnel issues or, or the calls getting in late? What, what's that like? Because there were some moments that just seemed to be off. I mean, yeah, always it's going to be a little bit hard when you're. Uh, you know, subbing late or, you know, getting the call late. Um, that's just part of football. Um, that's just something we need to plan and adjust for and, you know, just be more dialed in because when it comes down to it, uh, we just need to be ready to, to play whatever call we're given um, and be in the right spot. So I think it's, you know, it's on us to, to get that more squared away and, you know, dialed in for next week. Cody, this is your, I think, fifth straight game with at least one touchdown. Uh, with Puka and Gunnar, you know, coming back into the lineup, mm-hmm. Uh, definitely 
there is a little bit of pressure on me just for myself. Yeah, like you said, like they they they're coming back and we're trying to get a groove. So definitely, I want to I want to be someone Jaren can rely on just in case anybody goes down. I kind of want to get open early, open fast, so I can be someone the offense can count on and someone A Rock can call the call a couple plays for. Um, but it's been pretty cool playing with them too. Just getting a chance to ball out with them, they make plays, and I'm able to make plays for them. It's pretty cool when you get back to the sideline and we joke about um, just being on the field together and all that type of stuff. So it's been pretty cool. For both of you guys, uh, was the, the stage of this game, I guess, you know, Marquee Brand, was it too big for this game for you guys? No. Nah. I mean, we've been here last year. We won here last year. I think, uh, you know, maybe we came out slow, but I think we proved that, you know, we can hang with guys like Notre Dame. Um, no matter how much disrespect they will give to us, I think we're going to show up and uh, put up a good fight regardless. So, I would agree. Same thing. We we fought. The score, I think, was 28 to 20. I don't think that's that tells a story of who can't hang with who. It's just they came out um, victorious over us. But we fought, and we, we belong on the field with them. I think it's just we weren't able to say uh, to our 111th. Um, just we needed a big play and we couldn't come up with it. I think it's just a matter of knowing what to expect and uh, just sticking it. Um, and we, we fell short in that regard. Um, but yeah. Um, when we first got in the locker room, uh, Coach Kalani told us to look at it, look at our brothers and tell everybody around us we loved each other. Um, it was a gelling moment. I think the biggest opportunity is not def- it's definitely win or loss for a football team, but the biggest opportunity is how can we grow each and every week? How can we get better? Um, how can we capitalize on the mistakes that we made in the previous week? And I think we we did a great job at that, and we have a lot more room to grow, but. I wouldn't say necessarily an opportunity lost. Um, the opportunity, we, we, we grew as a team, and, and now we know um, in big games like this what we can do better. And when we get to the drawing board, we'll figure out all the little details too. Cody, what was that last play offensively, fourth and one? You know that's a play that you got to have to, you know, basically have a chance to win to not get that. What's what's the feeling like, and what's that, that moment like? Um, it, it definitely – it stings a tad bit only because, you know, you we want to win, obviously, you know. Like, it stings just because we want to win the game. We want to keep the drive going. But our guys did everything that they could to fight for the extra yard. Um, they stopped us, and Peeney fought for Our linemen got a push, so um, it, it hurts. But our guys did our part to get that yard. All right, thank you. All right, we'll hear from Jaron Hall, projected next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Notre Dame 28, BYU 20. You've heard from head coach Kalani Sitake, wide receiver Cody Epps, linebacker Max Tooley, now quarterback Jaron Hall at the press conference podium. It was a concentrated effort trying to get Puka and the ball, and they only had one catch for 
I mean, they're always an option, you know, every play. Um, you know, I got to go back and watch the film. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to diagnose it all right now, you know, this quickly after. But those guys are always a factor. You know, there's always opportunities to get the ball in their hands. Um, you know, it just didn't happen as much tonight. Can you just talk about the experience of the team um, the entire time when you guys were down and everybody's talking on the Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's something we talked about this this last week. You know, Kalani talked to the team about having, you know, belief, having faith, um, because those are action words for us. Um, so we knew that there was a chance to win that game, and for, you know, split second, it felt like we were going to win that game. We knew we were all the way to the end. Um, they just made a couple more plays than us. We just didn't convert. And, you know, but, uh, yeah, that just kind of speaks to the guys we have on this team, you know, regardless of what's taking place, keeping our chins up fight for each other. Um, you know, it just comes down to our love for Kalani and the culture that he's built here. Same play. We love, we love that play. Uh, we wrote that down for our short yarders playing that situation. We've run it before this year and it's worked. Um, and so, you know, we, we just, just didn't make it work. And everybody's dinged up. Everybody has a thing. Um, I felt 100%. Um, you know, early in the week, a little different story, but tonight felt great. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. What was your question? I'm sorry. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just a, a momentum thing, you know. In that moment, we and really the whole game, we run really well. Um, able to get one yard every every time we run the ball. So, you know, just just looking at history, what had taken place, how we run the ball versus how we're throwing the ball. Um, you know, we just had a lot of confidence we would be able to get that yard. And props to them. You know, they they held us up. Yeah. Yeah, it was a you know fun place to play football. You know anybody who's played here, I'm sure, loves it. And for us, it was very exciting. Um, you know, a game that we look forward to all week. Um, another opportunity to, to battle back from last week, not having our best showing. So you know, the opportunity was there for us. Um, we just let it slip through our fingers. Just didn't make enough plays. So it's very frustrating. Uh, breaks your heart. You know, we love to win. That's why we play this game. But. You know, sometimes you, you lose and you come up short. So we got to battle back, and, and that'll be you know a testament of what, what you know what we're made of as a team. Thank you. All right, uh, BYU quarterback Jaron Hall. We'll take a break. We'll continue our postgame coverage from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Irish twenty-eight, Cougars twenty. Our final on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel. All right, Notre Dame 28 and BYU 20 is our final score. Marcus Freeman, head coach of the Fighting Irish, spoke to the media a short time ago. Our broadcast intern, Shiler Johnson, was there to plug in and listen in, and here's what Coach had to say. Man, as I told the team in the locker room, so proud of uh, their fight and uh, – you know, it, we knew BYU was going to be a tough team. And I told them at halftime, this team wasn't going to quit. Um, 
And I challenged our guys. We got to match their intensity and to find a way to win and to find a way to execute really when it mattered the most. Um, I'm extremely proud of this group. You know, I have to say something about the atmosphere here. Unbelievable. Um, the amount of fans, the noise, you know, this truly felt um, like a home game. And it was a, it was a, a great admirement. It's credit to um, what this university, what this network, um, what this football program, the brand of Notre Dame is about. Um, it was a unique experience, but that's, as I told the team, that's what makes Notre Dame special is uh, these Shamrock Series games, and this one was special. So um, it was an honor to be a part of it. Um, truly happy for our players, our seniors, and uh, it was a great win for our program. So with that, I'll open up for questions. Go ahead, Tim. Coach, to your, to your left here, uh, with everything that your defense has gone through, um, how, how good was it to have that, that defensive stand that fourth and one it was big because we needed it. We had, I think we, I don't know the exact yards, 50-something yards at half we held them to. Um, defensively held BYU to, and then you come out in the second half and, you know, they get the big play for a touchdown, um, and then they come back and they drive, and it's just, you can feel a sense of, a little bit of panic. And I kept telling them, calm down, calm down. we got to go back and just do our jobs, relax, one play, one life. And uh, to get the stop fourth and one, um, we challenged them. We challenged them on the sidelines, and it was a timeout right before that fourth and one. And uh, that was a huge play, and I'm really happy for him. It's, again, to build off of that, to, to end on a high note, and then to go back and be able to learn from those uh, those plays that, that obviously didn't go our way um, is extremely satisfying. And, and you've been looking for a compliment to Styles, a wide receiver, Jaden Thomas, step forward. If you could comment on him and then Drew Pine and his accuracy tonight. Yeah, I don't, um, what was Drew Pine? Pass completions, 22. All right, that's uh, Marcus Freeman, head coach of Notre Dame. And as we uh, break away from coach, we see that Mitchell Juergens is down at field level and popping the headset on uh, Tyler Batty. Tyler, can you hear us okay? Whoop. Trying to see if Tyler can hear us all right down there. Tyler, got us? Well, we can't hear Tyler. He may be able to hear us, actually, but I don't think he can hear. uh, Tyler, can you hear us okay? Well, we'll do this. We'll take a break for 60 seconds. We'll come back and have Tyler Batty on headset. I promise. After this, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back here in Las Vegas, Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson upstairs. Down at field level, BYU defensive lineman Tyler Batty joining us for a moment. Tyler, sorry for the delay. Thanks for hanging with us for a minute. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely no problem. All right, so uh, you've had a chance to uh, kind of let this one sink in for a little bit. Uh, as you fly back home tonight, what's going to be running through your brain? Um, honestly, just, uh, just I'm proud of our guys and the way they battled tonight. Just straight up pride? Um, <laughs> clearly, no. Uh, there's definitely uh, there's definitely some things, of course, we need to address and work on. Um, but uh, as, as you know, as we as we go over this game this weekend, um, and uh, and and look at you know where we can improve and and what we could have done maybe done differently, um, you know, uh, we'll we'll definitely take that into account next week during our preparation for for Arkansas and. Uh, you know, do do everything in our power to make sure it doesn't happen again, right? You guys defend, yeah. You guys defended 41 minutes of uh, of offensive football tonight. When you're in it, are you realizing the disparity that you're dealing with that way? Um, honestly, a little bit. 
Uh, I think uh, we, you know, we have we have guys on defense that love to play football. Uh, they they really do, and so I think when 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 our numbers called, it's just hey, we're back up. Let's do everything we can to uh, give the ball back to the offense and and let them roll. Tyler, give us an insight into what goes on during the week. How do you manage recovery now that you're midseason with? being conditioned to you know play 40 play or sorry to be on the field for more than 80 plays and 40 minutes if necessary um how do you balance being recovered and ready to play on saturday for but also putting your body through the work to get conditioned right yeah totally um so i mean we it, it just comes down to right taking your recovery seriously so we you know we have a couple nights before we get back into pads uh you know tonight's saturday we got saturday sunday Two nights of good rest, recovery, uh, you know, get the body back to where it needs to be in order to go out and practice on Monday, um, you know, really compete Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, that's 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 really what it comes down to is just making the most of the time we have uh, recovery-wise and, uh, you know, preparation-wise. How did you feel your personnel matched up with Notre Dame tonight, Tyler? Uh, I, I honestly, I think we matched up really well. Um, I think there were... You know, just a couple situations uh, where the defense, we really need to get off the field, uh, and we didn't, uh, third downs. Um, that You know, that's definitely something that, that uh, we need to improve on. Um, but as for if, if you want to talk talent, if you want to talk size, I don't, I didn't see any, any difference in between uh, them and us. So, uh, Unable to produce a sack in this game. Coming in, did you think, because uh, I, I at least observed Pine got the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. They're not one that uh, where the quarterback holds onto the ball a lot. But did you guys think you were going to be able to dial up some sacks, or are you a little bit surprised by the way the game went? You weren't able to get him on the ground in the backfield. Um, he got the ball off. Uh, you know, again, he stood in and took some hits and, and, and got the ball off. Um, I think there, of course, there's there's a few opportunities, you know, that we we missed to uh, to take him down in the backfield. But uh, honestly, we got quite a few uh, we got a, quite a few hits on him tonight. I think it was just a matter of him him getting the ball off uh, before we could before we could get to him. So Mayer obviously was their best player. I mean, it was it was very obvious and made a huge impact in this game for as a receiver. But you went against him plenty as they had 48 rush attempts or 45 rush attempts. I'm sure you went against him, lined up against him. He's a guy that many project to be a first round draft pick. Uh, we called his name so much today. Give the listeners a little bit of view of what it was against the play against a player of his caliber. Yeah, he was a he was a good player. Um, he made he made some big plays on the receiving end of things. Uh, uh, him and their quarterback had a you know I think they had a good connection, and I, I know honestly that quarterback was looking for him uh, all game, <laughs> and there, and there's a reason why, right? So yeah, yeah, props to him. Um, good player, good player. You guys had held Notre Dame to, to field goal attempts. You had turnovers on downs deep in your own defensive zone. There were some moments where the defense said, yeah, yeah we've been on the field a lot, but we're going to make a play, and, and that happened on, on multiple occasions tonight. That's the kind of pride you're talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, our, um, our guys battled the entire game, offensively and defensively. I, I don't think there was, there was ever a moment that they threw in the towel. I think they gave it their all every minute of the game, uh, for the full 60 minutes. So um, uh, that, that, that is what I'm proud of. I'm really proud of the way uh, guys rallied together, rallied around each other, um, uh, took care of each other, and, and tried to do everything that they could. 
Last thing, when you guys made it a one-score game, 25-20, and, and the offense got the ball back after Max's pick, the, the, the mood and the noise in this building, it was, pretty, it was something to behold, didn't you think? Yeah, it was absolutely awesome. Yeah, amazing atmosphere, a um, lot of fun to play in. Tyler, thanks for taking the time. We do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Have a okay. great night. Tyler Batty with us. We'll take a break, and we'll continue our postgame coverage from Las Vegas. Notre Dame 28, BYU 20 is our final on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Auto, driven by you. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are back at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Shamrock Series number 11 for Notre Dame. This was a Shamrock Series home game. Uh, played in Las Vegas. Attendance tonight, 62,742. So a virtual sellout, and Notre Dame improves to uh, 11-0 in their Shamrock Series games. These, uh, the Shamrock Series games have been contested in eight different venues, Allegiant Stadium being the eighth of eight. All right, uh, we continue with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, the Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. We head down to the Cougar locker room area, and uh, Kalani Sitake, BYU head coach, is on headset. Kalani, thanks for taking some time tonight. Greg and Riley up here. So, uh, Coach, we heard your post-game press conference. Hopefully you can hear us okay. You got yeah, us okay, Kalani? I, I got you now. Okay, excellent. Uh, we heard your post-game press conference, and there was a lot you had to cover there. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the theme of, of um, uh, not, not just penalty mistakes, because there's only one of those tonight, but different kinds of mistakes kind of accumulating on you tonight. Um, can you kind of revisit that point for a moment, the kind of things that maybe frustrated you most about what you saw tonight? Well, I was frustrated because we weren't getting <laughs> we weren't getting points, but we also weren't um, getting any momentum. The, the uh, any momentum that we had, it seems like it just we killed it. You know, so the, uh, the opening play with the interception, and then uh, to hold him to a field goal, and uh, just to not get any any movement or anything going on offense was just struggle. And then um, you know when we had when we had our our uh, uh, fourth down stop the next play get a safety is just like just a, a bunch of um issues where we couldn't generate enough momentum to get going that was a that was my frustration in, in the post game is just like we're, we're so much better than this and we're not really giving ourselves a chance if if we um you know if we don't capitalize on on some of the momentum swings that we can that work out in our favor was jaron able to make all the throws that Aaron was dialing up tonight? Was his arm a factor at all? I know you said he was kind of banged up, not 100%. He felt he's fine, but w- was he the same guy that we would have seen two weeks ago? Well, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if he says he's fine, I have to watch the film and see uh, the distribution of the ball, uh, how many times we went deep with the ball. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't recall how many times we actually threw the ball downfield, but, um, you know, I, I guess... I guess for me, it's just the the we'll have to watch the film and see. But um, it it obviously wasn't his best game, obviously, you know. So, uh, but it also it, there's a lot of mistakes that are out there. So I, I don't want to come down hard hard on Jaron, but right. uh, we just not playing not playing what we're used to seeing from everybody, you know. And uh, and and it just it's, it's a struggle when you can't get the ball to Puka and to Gunner and others. And so I, I thought. Um, you know, offensively, we just didn't have enough plays. 46 plays is not going to get it done 
And so defense played hard, and I thought defense created some opportunities, but it's not like the defense played uh, great enough. I thought they played good enough to give us a, a chance and to fight our way back into it, but we still gave up too many yards and still gave up too many passes, passing yards, and weren't efficient. I mean, quarterback was 22 for 28. Um, they still threw, run, ran the ball 45 times for 234 yards, so that's... You know, we knew we wanted to stop the run, but I think a good portion of those came towards the end when they broke some big ones, some long ones, and and that's, but that still works out. We got we got to stuff the run. I I thought um, even when we had an opportunity to to on second and long towards the end of the game, that last drive like mm-hmm. just to give a big one up like that, it's just that 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 was disheartening, and and I got to figure it out. Coach, um, one of the things, it obviously wasn't enough to help you win this game, but in my opinion definitely kept you in it, was you turned around your fortunes in the penalty column. You had one delay a game on an extra point. Unfortunately, I do miss the extra point, but this comes on the heels of two games where the team committed uh, double-digit penalties, and tonight you played in offense and defense completely clean. To, to what do you attribute that turnaround? Yeah, just focus. I, I mean, we, we we can play better and smarter. We didn't have... You remember, uh, you know, <laughs> the game before. I mean, it was Utah State. That was a while ago. But in that game, um, it was it was some late hits, some some just boneheaded penalties, right? That just play smarter, and you don't give up. You don't throw shoes. You don't get these personal fouls, these these late hits, things like that. Um, and 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 that that's 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 it. That's it. just a little bit more focus, a little bit more a better mindset when you're playing the game. Um, I know they want to play with intensity, but you have to play smart football. And, and our guys did that, but we still made a lot of mistakes. We still didn't didn't take advantage of some third downs that we could have got off the field. Um, we still missed some tackles that I saw from my, what I can remember. And I think towards the end, the defense was just running out of gas, and that's where we've got to – it has to be complementary football. You have to work uh, offense and defense together. And, um, you know, obviously we didn't, we didn't do that – a good job of that and that's I, I'm I'm just committed to trying to figure this out and make, make sure we play better because we've done that we show that we can play better especially in spurts and um, just to, let's just get 60 minutes of really good sound clean football from coaching and players and effort and, and fundamentals and, and then I, I can if we can get that done by next week I'll be really happy I was hoping to get that done this week and uh, just, just really unfortunate. I, I apologize to our fans for for, uh, for what we we could play way better. But I, the heart and the the energy, the the toughness that our guys showed, um, we had a chance. But uh, just wish we had that one back again. <laughs> we'll take a break and have some closing comments with Kalani coming up. Notre Dame twenty eight, BYU twenty. It's our final on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. <laughs> You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Joined by the head coach, Kalani Sitake, and our Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Let's get to our valuable stat of the game now, brought to you by Economics Partners. BYU's accounting program is nationally ranked, so it's no surprise. One of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. And the valuable stat of the game was uh, probably more valuable for the Fighting Irish in this instance, and that was possession time. Now, possession is a number that can skew things. It's not always a be-all and end-all yet. 
41 minutes to 19 minutes in possession time. Uh, 22 minutes advantage for Notre Dame. And in that advantage, Kalani, they ran 27 more plays than BYU tonight. That's a lot, that's a lot more to defend. Yeah, and, and then the fact that we, we held them to 28 points is a huge accomplishment for the amount of time yeah. that they had. You, you hear know? those statistics. The game should be far more lopsided. Yeah, and... and, and um, we're just way better than this, and so the fact that it's a combination of things, it's getting off the field, but more than anything, it's generate some first downs on offense and um, and get some points, man. Just 46 plays, it's not enough on offense, and, and, and um, you know, it just seems like I give credit to Notre Dame. They made a lot of plays, and they made things really hard on us, but 13 first downs isn't going to do it on, on offense either, so... Um, just, just, yeah, just we we could play better, and I, I got to make our, make sure our guys do it. Last three games in particular, Clonny, it feels like your your second halves are are better than your first, and and credit for adjustments. But do you look at that too, going, man, what, what's keeping us from being where we need to be to to go into the locker room, not come out of it? Yeah, I, I think that um, the, the the energy at the beginning. I mean, that it's hard when you throw an interception to open the game, you know. Um, that puts things in a hole, and, and but the, that's why I give credit to defense for fighting back and and forcing a field goal off of that. But it, it just seems like we couldn't get momentum going on offense, and uh, that's why I want to watch the film and see where where we missed on some throws, where we missed on some run block and some opportunities in the first half. We just uh, if our offense is doing well, then 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 uh, we can score points, we get some momentum. That's it's going to come down to our offense playing better, and and, and that's going to come down to our defense creating more turnovers and trying to find ways to get the ball back to our offense. Coach, uh, a little bit more of a 30,000-foot view, a, pr- a program-level view, thinking about uh, now and, and this BYU program as it heads into the Big 12 and bumping up against Notre Dame, which is one of the, you know, for the last 100 years, has been one of the premier college football programs in terms of recruiting and the program and tradition that they've built. Uh, obviously, the guys out there t- tonight had enough to get the job done, just uh, you know, balls didn't bounce away and the execution and level wasn't there, but Notre Dame is perennially, you know, if not a top 15, a top 10 recruit class year in year out uh what does BYU got to do to to get there to you know uh whether it's recruiting which eventually translates on, onto the field uh to close the gap against some of these programs where we keep having these these tough close losses well the, these guys I mean you're looking at the teams that that uh, you said it yourself have four-star five-star talent all over the place um and and we're committed to our guys and and aren't and, and we obviously need to get better at recruiting but uh, development and playing smart football is going to be the key. Us playing disciplined football, um, we need more discipline and more uh, uh, efficient execution from our from our team, and and um, that's going to be the key. I, I think you have a chance when you can do that. When you when you, even if you're a step slower, if you know where you're supposed to be and you can count, be accountable to be there, we can play good sound football. The problem that we're having right now is we're not. We maybe have some guys freelancing. Maybe some guys aren't following through on their reads. Um, maybe in, in the pass pro, or maybe in, in, in assignment and alignment and on defense, but um, that stuff needs to get better. That's the stuff that we can fix right now. I can't snap my fingers and get get um, better talent right now on our team. But the talent doesn't mean anything if you don't play sound football. Um, we can't even see our talent take take place because. Uh, we're not playing sound football. So it doesn't really matter if you're fast. If you're super fast and you go the wrong way, you're just more wrong than you are. <laughs> yeah, more right. wrong more quickly. That's yeah. right. And so and so I'm looking at the little things that we can fix, the fundamentals, and then making sure that we're executing at a higher level. That's that's what it's got to be 
be for us because that's the stuff that we can fix right now. And uh, we got to get that done between next, now and next week. Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer showed why he uh, looks like a guy that's going to be playing on Sundays for a while. He's yeah, pretty good. Really he's good. the best. And, and you look at the – we made it hard on him. We played some man coverage and, and tried to undercut his routes. He made some amazing catches, and, and he's a great player. I mean, that's – uh, you know, we, we knew we'd have to try to do our best on him, but he, he they, they gave him credit to them. Fifteen targets and eleven he had eleven catches. Feed the beast, yards. right? He is he is a he's a great one, and uh, we knew that going in. We knew we had to stop the ball, stop the run, and, and try to take him out of it. But that's that's easier said than done. They found unique ways to get him the ball, and and, and um, you know they they know how good he is, and, and now we do too. You know, we saw it on film, but. Uh, you said it yourself. This team was uh, right. You said that this team—they were ranked preseason, uh, I think number five. You know, and and uh, three back-to-back top ten yeah. recruiting classes. And they haven't played their best football until probably last week and now. And they had a bye to prep for this game. And credit to them. I think, I think Coach uh, Marcus Freeman's got got those guys playing at a high level now. And uh, that's what I need to get for our guys. Uh, you know, he he obviously had some adversity, got the team to respond, and now now I'm in that same position. Got to get our guys to respond. Okay, the response will come home to Arkansas. You leave Las Vegas after a remarkable night of uh, football, 63,000 fans in the stands, a lot of BYU blue. What an environment tonight, especially when you rallied to make it a one-score game. Yeah, and, and, and I appreciate all the fans coming, and, and I know that the tickets weren't the easiest to get, but obviously our fans, um, they're, they're resourceful, and, and they don't mind spending money to come to this game. And I, I wish we could have done better, but I, I hope they know how much – we love and appreciate them because this is a home game for Notre Dame, and um, we had a bunch of representation here. They're loud, had tons of energy. I just freaking love them so much, man, and, and I want to make them all happy, and I apologize it didn't, didn't work tonight. Well, Kalani, thank you uh, for the time post-game. Safe travels, and we'll see you as you get ready to play Arkansas next week back at home. Appreciate it, guys. Travel safe. Thank all you. Right, thank you. That's Kalani Sitake, and that'll do it for our Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar post-game coaches show. We'll continue with more from Las Vegas. We'll open it up to social media, see what's popping on the Twitter, at Greg Rubel, or hashtag BYUCNN as we get ready for BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. You can also email the program, as some like to do, Cougar Nation Now at byu.edu. Cougar Nation Now, one long word, Cougar Nation Now at byu.edu or at Greg Rubel on Twitter or use hashtag BYUCNN. Greg and Riley Mitchell will soon rejoin us as we continue. Notre Dame 28, BYU 20, our final on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Grubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. Welcome back to Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas, Nevada. Final score, Notre Dame 28 and BYU 20. The first half ended with BYU at, uh, I think, 48 yards of total offense. A staggering number. Uh, yet, Riley was another half in which BYU's offense struggled to stay on the field. Uh, Utah stayed the, week, stayed the week before, and Notre Dame tonight kept BYU's offense almost entirely off the field. And it was such a sluggish start for BYU. Nice second half rebound and adjustment, and and Jaron Hall showed more of a, of his arm in the second half than he did the first, certainly. But 
Um, I I think back in uh, it's been a while since BYU's played a quote unquote complete game, and there will be a lot of coaches that say that we did play a complete game. But I think that uh, the Baylor game, even though the offense struggled in the first half, it was who they were struggling against and how they were struggling and how they were matching at the other side. Baylor's offense, I felt that 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 the that the the Baylor game was actually a pretty complete football game. There were some three and outs, but there were three and outs kind of both ways. It was a slugfest in that first. It felt like it was a draw. Um, whereas today you just felt that Notre Dame was outdistancing itself from BYU in the first half. The Notre Dame feels like the last edgy game to me for BYU from start to finish where they played a full 60. Yeah, it would, today it felt like they spotted them. Uh, if not you know, if not the first two quarters, at least the first quarter and a half. And uh, it's just disheartening. I mean, you could hear it's so uh, – I'm going to refer to Coach's comments. Normally he's very succinct. He's very to the point. You can tell he's searching. He was trying to struggle to yeah, put I it mean, into words. He was, yeah. he was, he was kind of rambling and just couldn't – he's just searching for answers. And, I, like, to me that means good because I feel that same way. And I think a lot of our listeners, a lot of Cougar Nation feels that way out there. We're kind of searching for answers. Like, what is it? Why can't – can't we put it together uh, and get it going? And, and coaches having those those same struggles. It was very evident in the way he was answering our, our questions and in his press conference. But uh, why they can't put it together? Look to me, honestly, it's it's one thing, and this is any sport, any level. In big games, your best players have to be at their best. If not, it's going to be really hard, and and it's gonna you're going to need a miracle to overcome it. Jaron Hall simply was not at his best. Whether the, whether that's lingering health issues, whether it was you know, I mean, you saw it from the first play of the game, uh, whatever was was going on there, he wasn't. That and that meant that signal that it was going to be tough for BYU. So going back to the complete game though, is is winning in all three phases is simply put, the offense has to find a way to put together drives. I mean, I just, just let's compare drives straight across. One, Notre Dame eight. BYU four, Notre Dame three. BYU seven, So this is how the game went as far as how many snaps each offense okay, played. Okay, how, how many plays in each drive is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, okay, so go ahead. one to eight. So started off bad, right? Um, then four for BYU, three to Notre Dame. Trying to even it out a little bit. Seven to ten. Again, feels blow for blow. Now here's where the game, this is the middle eight that you talk about, Greg. Here's where the game got away. Three and out, ten for 68. Safety. 10 for 79, 5 plays for 19 yards, 11 for 75. Those were all the last couple, the last two drives of the first half and the first, and the the first two drives yep. of the second half. Whenever you've got that big of an imbalance, I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. The, uh, the two plays that draw a lot of attention, um, and actually we'll bring it to three for a second. One that was a good one for BYU. They ran on a third down and 18 kind of a concession run where you're trying to get a few yards out of the end zone to let your punter have some room, and they gain a first down on it, end up scoring a touchdown on the drive, right, the third and 18 Katoa right. uh, run. Then Lopini uh, ran on a fourth and one and lost a yard, and Puka had a drop on the far sideline on a, on, a, on a third and seven. Those are the plays that get, um, you know, you kind of focus on and say, if BYU had come back to win, the third and 18 Katoa run was like, that was like the linchpin play of the game. Uh, the drop on the sideline was a tough one, but you can rebound from it, and they do, but they get to a fourth one where you need to make a yard, and Chris Brooks was not on the field at that point. Re- and, I'm, and I'm getting some con- oh, some, some social media communication with me and email about why was Chris Brooks not the option on the fourth down and one. Uh, 
from uh, Twitter, at Coltron Weeks, says, Brooks seems to be running the ball the best of all the RBs. What is causing limited playing time? Is it a weakness in pass protection, he asks. And we should also note, we did not get to see Miles Davis tonight. Uh, did not play. Not, not available tonight for BYU, so it was an element that was missing from the BYU attack, certainly, but I thought Chris Brooks was fine. And uh, Chris's numbers tonight show that. He was averaging 6.4 yards a carry, 14 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. And, and Chris Brooks coming into the game was averaging 6 yards a carry. Um, so he was good and has been good. Um, and, and yet at this moment uh, on the fourth and one, they chose to go another direction. It didn't work out. One of the players talked about, we like that call. We've made, we've made, I think Jaron said we the That's the party right. line. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's an interesting thing. The way he had been running, um, the boundary run where he could have gone out or could have been guided out and gained extra yards, he was showing throughout the night that he was going to be a hard guy to pull down. Um, I guess I just would like to see the bigger body get the ball in that instance, but that's me. I, I hope a member of the press, or, or because normally Roderick, I think on Tuesdays, uh, addresses the media, and, and normally they'd like to keep it forward-facing to Arkansas, but, you know, they... <laughs> so, it's me being on this side, and by the way, I wasn't very good at this as a player. I was one who maybe talked too much and maybe bared a little bit too much. My son would open myself up to... Myself and my team up to unnecessary criticism, but I do think we got a lot of, well, we got to watch the film, or I don't... It's, you know, so quick after, but hopefully at the press briefing, whether it's Monday or Tuesday, someone can ask, uh, you know, what really led in that play call, and more than the call, the personnel. One of the things that my mind is called back to, and this was more under Coach Grimes, but... Uh, Mason Wake used to we he used he had a string there of just straight up dive and a little trap play. I think back to those Wisconsin, that Wisconsin game under Grimes where you know he would bring in Diane Gunwalaku, just kind of mix it up on those fourth and short of those goal line situations to do something. You got you had Houston Haymuli transferred over from Stanford who's sitting there between Mason Wake at 255 and Houston Haymuli who's sitting who's a fullback sitting at 265. To me, when you just need about three quarters of a yard, it makes sense to get under center, turn around, hand it off to the guy a yard away and let him use momentum to to get in there. Anyway, you know, the, in tough games like this and close ones, they sting the most and you're just searching for any single play to hang it on. The reality is it was a combination of, of all of those, but that fourth down, why they didn't decide to go with a little bit of a heavier body uh, will be a question that I'm sure Cougar fans will be asking for quite some time. The play that set up the sequence that ended in the fourth and one was a 27-yard pass to Epps and then it was run, run, run. It went Brooks, Brooks, and uh, that's right. It, yeah, it was uh, it was Brooks, Brooks, Brooks. Then Lopini for the last yard uh, of that series, and uh, so there were no but throws. It was, it was on positive, that. positive, positive. I know right. he wasn't able to get it, but he, he felt anyway. In, yeah. in short yarded situations, are, are just tough. Mitchell Jurgens has joined us in the broadcast booth from down at field level. It's a, it's a long haul to get up here, isn't it? There's, it a, is. lot, there's a lot going on to get you in position down there to, to get stuff done. It was, and there's uh, the the visitor locker rooms on the other side too. So it was a uh, it's a big stadium, and it's uh, kind of confusing. So I, I finally made it up. Okay, uh, now that you've uh, heard and seen what the uh, Cougars had to say and do following the game tonight, what do you think? Yeah, it's. I mean, there's there's so much that that I want to comment on, but but overall, and this is. Um, 
I think BYU's got to figure out how to start faster um, on both sides of the ball. Right? We, we've now we're six games into the season, and there's been moments where the offense has started fast and the defense hasn't. Tonight it was the defense actually pre- played pretty well, and the offense started slow. and And when that happens, I think you just put yourself in, in into a bind, and and it, it becomes tough to make to make the comeback. And and the problem that led here today was the defense. Just when you start off. Um, and they can't get off the field because the offense can't sustain a drive. I mean, those guys were gassed, gasped, um, sorry, gassed. I was, I was down on the field going through this, um, you know, up and down the sideline and there were a number of players, um, working out cramps. And I think, I mean, they played basically a game and a half in terms of time of possession. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and played a really good game. It was just, um, as, as soon as Notre Dame got control of the game, and that's, and that's what it comes down to, right? We can talk about the play here, the call here, that, that could have swung it in BYU's direction. Um, had Notre Dame lost this game, had BYU come back and won it, that would have been a gut punch to Notre Dame because in reality, they controlled the game yeah. um, the, from, from start to finish. And, and BYU hung in there, and they showed some fight, but it just wasn't enough. And, and um, it, it was just too dominant, too powerful, and, and too consistent on the offensive side um, as well as the defensive side as well. So um, t- tough loss, uh, but uh, as you look at the outcome of this game, it was, it was, uh, there, there wasn't much more I don't think BYU could have done in that moment other than make a big play here or there uh, to, to really flip the script as, as Notre Dame was pretty much in control. Cougar Nation Now is on the air. The email address, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Christopher on the emails says, Guys, there's a four-game trend. BYU's discombobulated, out of position. Can't get correct personnel on the field on either side of the ball. Can't get the defense off the field for an entire half. This all seems to be interrelated in some fashion, but it's clearly a trend. What's the problem and what's the solution? He's got a point. I mean, that's no, it, it's, it's, it's since the Baylor game, right? The four games he references are since you beat Baylor, yeah. um, and and it's it's you know the Oregon game, followed by Wyoming and Utah State, two wins, followed by Notre Dame, um, and and you're going to get past Wyoming and Utah State making the kinds of mistakes BYU made. Just you will win that game, and they did win those games uh, against the two teams that had um, you know different levels of talent. BYU was exposed by those mistakes. And we saw it happen in Eugene, and we saw it particularly for a half here tonight. But this was a one-score game, and BYU driving to take a lead. I mean, the Cougs had gotten back in this game, and yet it was going to be another first-half, second-half story where they simply got better as the game went along, but those first halves were kind of mystifying. So, um, yeah. Co- Coach, Coach Sitaka keeps talking about he's got to do a better job. To me, the, what he's talking that's player leadership. Like these guys who we who are extremely talented and make these plays on the field on the offensive and de- defensive side of the ball, they have to s- step up their role as leaders and demand more from their teammates. Yeah, and, and Kalani talked about it briefly in the post game press conference when he was at the podium. But um, it's game. I mean, this is game six. The, these are mistakes. Um, not having eleven men on the field. Um, you know, personnel issues. Th- this is stuff that is second nature this late in the game. At least this late in the season and it comes up to a point where those mistakes are 
um, are are costly, especially in a close game like this. Like even the one of the touchdowns um, to Mayer here in the end zone, where he caught the the one. Yeah, when you know, Gagne passed him off, going back, it's a what that's a miscommunication. It's a, it's a you pass him off to a safety that's not there, right? And they're they're just little things like that, missed assignments, miscommunications, blown coverages. Um, even on that's on the defensive side, but on the offensive side, we even saw today, um, Jaron just wasn't on the same page with the with his receivers. There were um, you know on the option route where him and Cosper on different pages. That almost led to an interception. How many options have um, you seen before tonight? Uh, not many. Yeah, it's, that's the first it, one I can remember. It, that, exactly. Which to me is a strange decision to put that in the game plan at this point. But anyway. Yeah, and, and so it just there were in on the, the there was the one where Puka um, or, or Jaron basically threw to nobody. And again, that's a it, who, whether it was Jaron, whether it was the receiver, just not in the right position. This is stuff that that shouldn't be happening come week six and and so i agree i mean this is it's it's uncharacteristic of byu um to to be this late in the game and still making these mental mistakes and they've got to fix that if they want to turn this around malia on the email says thanks for getting me halfway home to socal tonight well you're welcome malia thanks for joining us cougar chaps on twitter says armchair qb maybe we'll throw this to our former qb riley nelson he says armchair qb throwing out of the end zone resulting in a safety this after stopping notre dame on a fourth down, would A Rod change that if given a second chance? The play call. Yeah, good question. Well, look, up to this point, this is where you know we kind of have hinted at it. Like Jaron wasn't at his best tonight. That guy normally he's got that situation under control and knows that absolutely you can't give up a sack. He comes out the second. I called this live. I'll I'll rehash it for our listeners. So they ran a sit concept where you tip it, you have some combination of a corner to take the top off and stretch and do a horizontal stretch to the flat. You have a flat, and then you have a guy settling in between the zone that's created by that by that flood concept, right? When the corner got jammed and got in the way of the sit route, of the zone sit route, immediately a, a veteran quarterback like Jaron, your eyes go to the flat, flat's not covered, you throw it out of his, over his head out of bounds. Instead, Jaron sat there waiting for the sit to clear, and it never did, and he got uh, and, and he got hit. Now, one thing about that, because they showed it as a replay that I didn't notice when it was live, he actually had a guy, before he got hit, a guy came and swiped the ball like into his lap. He didn't lose it, but it fell out of his hands, and he got into his lap, and then from there he just kind of had to cover the ball up as the defenders converged upon him. But, yeah, I, so you could go to the play call or – you can either fault him for the play call or you can fault him for, and neither of these are very <laughs> good options, but you can fault him for putting too much trust in his quarterback because you'd, you'd hope that an experienced uh, quarterback like that manages that scenario a little bit better. Um, but it, it, it was just tough. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Okay. As we go to break, um, let's drop you our Cougar Nation now BYU Creamery trivia question. So we'll get to this a little earlier tonight than normal. So uh, the deal is this. Uh, first correct answer with the hashtag BYUCNN. You have to use the hashtag BYUCNN. The first correct answer to cross my Twitter timeline with that hashtag will win two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream if you are in Utah. In Utah County in particular, you'll, uh, you'll get vouchers for the ice cream. If you're out of state, we can deliver it to you. Here we go. Since BYU became an independent, what is BYU's record 
in games against SEC teams. BYU takes on Arkansas out of the SEC next Saturday. What is BYU's record against the SEC since going independent? That's your question. The correct answer with hashtag BYUCNN. The first one in will win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. It is BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. BYU's record against SEC teams since becoming an FBS independent. The first correct answer is a winner of ice cream on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so we're back in the press box broadcast booth at Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas, Nevada. A near sellout, 63,000 fans on hand to watch Notre Dame hold off BYU by a score of 28-20. Kooks fall to 4-2 and two and drop out of any potential New Year's 6 conversation. You pretty much have to be a one-loss team when you're a team like BYU, and the second loss basically does it every year. And the Kooks had that second loss. Notre Dame improves to 3-2. and two. The question we pose to you before the break for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream is and was, what is BYU's record against SEC teams since joining the era or the ranks of the FBS independents. And the first correct answer came in from Chris Butters. Chris Butters is a uh, longtime listener, to put it that way. And uh, Chris suggested that 3-3 three and three was the correct answer. And that's the correct answer. Here we go. 2011, first year of independence. Ole Miss, win. Win. Okay, then you got to go all the way up to 2015. Four years later, BYU takes on Missouri. In Kansas City. Wow, I don't remember uh, that Arrowhead. Hardly at all. It was at Arrowhead in November, and that's a loss. Yep. Okay, uh, 20 to 16. Then you go to 2016, Mississippi State home win. Mitch, you were in that game? Yeah, that was a double overtime. It was. Tanner Baldry. So two and, so two and one. And with the winning touchdown. Next year, opener with LSU. Or oh, FBS, FBS opener. <laughs> That's why none of us remember it. <laughs> yeah. That was a game to yeah. be forgotten. So two and two. Didn't cross midfield, right, or something Mississippi like that. State in Starkville <laughs> later that year, a loss, two and three. And then at Tennessee, Tennessee. in 2019, three and three. Hmm. So Chris Butters is our winner of two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. Three wins and three losses. The Cougs will look to go above 500 next Saturday versus Arkansas. All right. Thanks for dropping that in. Congratulations to you, Chris. Much appreciated. All right, uh, yeah, I, it'll be an interesting week um, for BYU relative to, uh, you know, Jaron Hall and, and how good he can look and how good he feels. And, and I still go back to that first pass tonight. It was weird. Yeah. We hadn't seen that ball, you know. The entire first half, right? He floated that one out of bounds by like 20 You Right, Greg, you even asked me on air. You were like, was he throwing that to the out? I was like, no, I'm pretty sure. It looked like the one dude was supposed to be a comeback. You remember that throw? Yeah. And then the other one where it looked like Puka was supposed to hitch up. And now that I think about it again, like maybe he was trying to throw a back shoulder and was just so like late and it didn't have enough on the ball. Well, are you talking about the first one? I'm talking about the one going this way. It was on a third down and Puka streaked down there. It looked like he was throwing to a simple curl flat and did that. The the first one, obviously, on the interception was just yeah, and that was just and that was just underthrown because that was not a back back shoulder ball because it was it it had too much arc on it. That was not the trajectory. Um, completely just underthrown. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, and, and Kalani, you know, says not 100%, was banged up, and it was the Utah State game that got him. I mean, he, he got hurt in the Utah State game, there's no doubt. 
um, that he had to have. And uh, oh yeah, and yet, I mean the entire second half of that game, right? Every time yeah. he was doing the chicken wing and, right. and kind well, and that's of rubbing that, his shoulder. You know, BYU also that I mean uh, since that injury. Um, when he started messing with his shoulder, they only threw the ball like two times. Right? Yeah, they, they, they that was the to. consistent approach. There were the ten straight rushes, and I think partially it was. I mean, Jaron was banged yeah, part up. Of, uh, yeah, it's funny because it kind of came at a time where you're like, oh, they're getting the run game yeah. going, but also no, it was maybe they were they're protecting, protecting the arm. Him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and then of course Jaron, understandably, predictably said, "I'm fine. I, I, I was not great yeah. early in the week, but I was good." But uh, it remain a question to monitor as we go along. All right, let's uh, let's call it good here from uh, Las Vegas. Wrap it up and say so long. Thank everyone for tuning in and joining us via social media throughout this afternoon and evening. Our thanks to the crew back at BYU Radio. Adam Woodall and Corbin Radford, our board operators, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our engineer, Gary Moss, our broadcast intern, Amy Harris, uh, Sean O'Neill, and uh, Clark Jackman on the management side. Clark also doing double duty on the engineering side. Appreciation to Casey Stoffer on the athletics administration side of things. And here in Las Vegas, I mentioned Clark, along with engineer Michael Wimmer, our broadcast intern, Shiloh Johnson, our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski, our spotter, Jake Murphy. And uh, did I mention Michael already? You did. I, I did. Well, he gets double, he, he deserves he, double. He, he gets double mentions. Yeah. Double mentions. Michael Wimmer again was uh, engineering things here in the booth, and uh, that leaves just the man to my far left, Riley Nelson, and the man to my near left, Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you all for tuning in. Notre Dame defeats BYU tonight. Final score twenty-eight twenty. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Las Vegas. <laughs>